Welcome to Lundahl Performance Podcast Extras, where you're going to document spur-of-the-moment stuff that comes up on a daily basis in training sessions, and sit down and spit it out, put it out there in a way that hopefully provides value and, and maybe something that's eye-opening to uh, those that are listening. So I'm sitting here with Luke, and the first one we want to do, just spur-of-the-moment, talk about something that came up in your last session with Tangle which is you were working on a turnaround, but before we actually get into the step one, step two, step three of what you were doing, you were stressing the fact to me that the reason you're even working on the turnaround isn't to actually teach and refine the maneuver itself. It's to overcome a big mental issue that has come up in just her training in general. Isn't that correct? That's absolutely right. The last thing on my mind with this horse right now is to try and work on any maneuvers. Um, I truly do not believe that going and working on maneuvers and trying to get her better that way is I think that's going to be a dead end road. I need to get I need to re- retrain this horse's mental frame of mind and the way she thinks and the way she reacts before I can even think of getting into any sort of maneuvers. And the way she thinks and reacts to pressure as we've talked about a little bit in our overall podcast is that she's always expecting a fight. She's always getting the boxing gloves on. It, you challenge her to be responsible for her feet and anticipate what's coming and what you're asking, and she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to handle it. She wants. She's expecting that she just puts in the minimal effort, minimal effort, minimal effort. Finally, the rider gets frustrated and just takes a hold of her and manhandles her around and makes her do it. Well, exactly, and that's her her mo now is she doesn't think about what she's doing anymore. She just goes through the motions because she assumes that the you know in her mind just the way it is is she just you know bumbles through the through the process and then waits for the rider to take over get frustrated pull her around force her into the position she needs to be in she has her little hissy fit they go through a fight she loses and then they move on and that's just the way she assumes that it is so i have to retrain that mental line of thinking so when you were going when you were turning this horse around you said another thing that I think was a little bit fascinating to me in the sense that in trying to make this horse be responsible for her feet and think about where she's putting herself and, and what she's doing, you were actually asking her to turn around, but not really getting in her face very much, not even really tipping her nose and guiding her with your hands. You were basically putting your hand on her neck and trying to make her come through that turn with just leg pressure and challenging her to stay in that turn, is that correct? Yes, yeah, I wasn't touching her face at all. I had the, I would just had the reins in one hand and just had it laid down on her neck, and I was just working on the start of that turn. Getting her, when I tap with that outside leg right there behind the girth, I want her to almost suck back in a way and immediately start in that turn without any sort of help from my hands, because that's what she's expecting, is someone to get after her in the face and manhandle her into the position she needs to be in. And all she would want to do as soon as I tap that leg is just walk straight forward out of the turn. Or she may eventually turn, but it was like walking the circle that would slowly spiral down into the turn. I want her to mentally engage as soon as I tap her with that leg and immediately step back and into that turn. Back into me and into the turn. And not touching her in the face with the reins, puts all the responsibility on her, which made it very uncomfortable for her. It was super low pressure. I'm just tapping her with my calf and maybe barely a little bit with spur. But because that, I, because I don't have her con- contacted in the face, 
it was super, super high stress almost for her mentally because she didn't know where to be. She was completely lost because she had no support structure there to tell her what to do. And you were telling me because you weren't being blatantly obvious about where she needed to go by manhandling her, especially in the face, you were just putting your hand down and asking with that leg. Every time she would leave, you'd bring her back, set it up again. Mm -hmm. Bring her back, set it up again. You weren't increasing the pressure but you were consistently setting her up and then forcing her to make a decision. When you pressured her with that outside leg, is she going to stay on the track she needs to be? Or is she just going to ignore you and just mentally leave and walk out of it? And every time you brought her back into it, she was getting more and more frustrated at the beginning of the session. And it was like she was mad because she was expecting a fight. She was expecting you to just take a hold of her and manhandle her around. And the fact that you were forcing her to think was very frustrating for her. Yes, and that's, you know, she's a great horse for this series because she has a unique set of problems that you don't see all the time, but when you do run into them, it's like, what do I do, you know? And it was very unique. It was kind of interesting, you know, just riding her and going through the process because, yes, it, it seems very counter to everything, but she was literally waiting for me to get in a fight with her and it was really frustrating her that I wasn't increasing the pressure. And when she would, you know, just kind of ignorantly walk out of the turn, not putting any thought into what she was doing, and I would just stop her, bring her back a couple steps, try again. And just doing that repeatedly over and over again was very frustrating for her because she could not almost provoke a reaction out of me. So then she started stomping her back foot as I would ask her to turn and shaking her head and going through these little temper tantrums and literally what she was doing was trying to provoke me to have a response rather than continually asking her and letting her make the mistake commit to the mistake putting her all the responsibility on her letting her make the mistake and then no nope, no nope, that it wasn't right bring her back and try again and doing that repeatedly was she was very frustrated with that because I wasn't saying hey come here this is what you're supposed to do and she was trying to get that out of me it's almost like some horses become so used to that sort of that fight and that frustration and that process of they throw enough resistance at the rider, the rider kind of gets mad and, and really ups the pressure, kind of, you know, makes it, you know, instead of being subtle and putting more responsibility on the horse, they then just take control, make everything blatantly obvious, and then it's like it's easier on the horse because they don't have to think. They don't have to put right. effort in to foresee what's coming, what you're asking, what track their feet need to be on, etc. And, well, it all, I think, you know, me personally, I really believe it goes back to something that we've hammered on already a lot and it's something we're going to hammer on a lot in the future is shaping them when they're young and creating the laying out the foundations, creating the parameters for which they can stay within and follow. She's not her since she was a young horse. She has learned you don't need to handle pressure. And if you do run across a situation where there's pressure, fight your way out of it. That's what that's what she thinks is normal. Yes. But you also said something really eye opening. And I think we'll close this off with this because we want to keep it relatively short. But you were talking to me about how you can't like this was a big step for her as a horse, but it was also kind of eye-opening for you. And we've both had situations like this recently where it's situations that come up. And in this case, you dealt with it. You know, you kept asking consistently. You didn't increase the pressure. You didn't get in a fight with her until she finally relaxed and started mentally coming around and putting more effort in and being responsible. But it's like a lot of times if you're an assistant or you're working for somebody, 
um, you don't learn to really develop that perspective until you're on your own. It just goes back to that cliche of being a thinking horseman. It's like in a, in a lot of our previous work, we didn't have the freedom to really do that like you you had just described it was more about okay i need this horse to ride this way in the way that this person likes i need to power through this and make this happen regardless you know and instead of this mentality which is okay she's actually looking for a fight she's looking for us to escalate that pressure that way so i'm not going to play into that psychology right well it was i mean when i got done with that session I immediately ran you down to tell you about this because it was like eye-opening, just this mind-blowing experience for me personally, just being kind of to analyze myself. And I don't know, maybe it's just the way I'm wired or what, but I've always had the experience, you know, working for somebody else. Every time I'd be in a situation like this, I'd always be thinking, okay, they're going to ride this horse and they're just going to, you know, as soon as I get on it, it's just a snapshot in time. They're not going to know you know, what the horse was previously, what it might be, what problems it may have. They're just going to see what it is right now. And so it needs to be perfect for them right now. And I would never really consider, you know, okay, what am I feeling? How do I need to react? It was always, okay, what am I feeling? What would they want? And how do I get that? You know, and so now being able to be out on my own like this, and this was something that a guy um, at the Tulsa fraternity was talking to me about at the stalls. He spent about a half hour talking to me. And he was telling me, you know, when you get out on your own, you learn so many things that you never could have learned when you're an assistant. And this was a big one for me. Like, you know, you hear all the time thrown about be a thinking horseman. Well, this was like a big moment in time for me personally because it was like, whoa, yeah. you know, I've finally been able to kind of, you know, think the way through the situation of how I need to go about handling it and create a good game plan for myself. Exactly. Being a thinking horseman, it's a cliche because it's true. Right. And this is a situation where you really understand how deeply true that phrase actually is. Oh, it really hit hard in that session. That's the first time I really ever felt that saying that, really hit me. And that's such a huge, I guess we'll close with this, whether we're doing clinics, lessons, working with clients, etc. That's such a huge core of our philosophy because we've had that experience as learners. We've struggled under other people's programs. And what we want to create in our clients is we give them the tools and the toys to play with. And then because they have, you know, they've got better analysis, they just need to go practice, figure these things out for themselves and help them through these type of situations and not just dogmatically enforce step one, step two, step three program. Because you need to have that mental dexterity like we just discussed in these type of situations if you're going to make ground with especially a horse like this that's mentally difficult.